story twenty six of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story twenty six two powerful arguments got him you bet the questioner looked pleased yet not as if his pleasure engendered any mental excitement the man who answered spoke in an ordinary careless tone and with unmoved countenance as if he were merely signifying the employment of an additional workman or the purchase of a desirable rooster yet the subject of the brief conversation repeated above was no other than bill bowney the most industrious and successful of the horse thieves and road agents that honored the southern portion of california with their presence nor did bowney restrict himself to the duty of redistributing the property of other people perhaps he belonged to that class of political economists which consider superfluous population an evil perhaps he was a religious enthusiast and ardently longed that all mankind should speedily see the pearly gates of the new jerusalem be his motives what they might it is certain that when an unarmed man met bowney entered into a discussion with him and lived verbally to report the same he was looked upon with considerably more interest than a newly made congressman or a ten thousand acre farmer was able to inspire the two men whose conversation we have recorded studied the ears of their own horses for several minutes after which the first speaker asked how did you do it well replied the other man thar warn't anything particular about it me and him wasn't acquainted so he didn't suspect me but i knowed his face he was pinted out to me once durin the gold rush to kern river and i never forgot him i was on a road i never travelled before goin to see an old greaser ownin a mighty pretty piece of ground i wanted when all of a sudden i come on a cabin and thar stood a bill in front of it a-smokin i axed him for a light and when he came up to give it to me i grabbed him by the shirt collar and dug the spur into the mare twas kind of a mean trick imposin on hospitality that away but twas bounty you know he hollered and i let him walk in front but i kept him covered with a revolver till i met some fellers that tied him good and tight twas an excitin worth a durn that is except when his wife i s'pose twas hollered then i almost wished i'd let him go sheriff got him inquired the first speaker well no returned the captor sheriff and judge mean well i s'pose but they're slow mighty slow besides he's got friends and they might be too much for the sheriff some night we took him to the broad oak and we thought we'd ax the neighbors over thar to-night to talk it over be thar you bet replied the first speaker and i'll bring my friends nothing like having plenty of witnesses in important legal cases just so responded the other well here's till then and the two men separated the broad oak was one of those magnificent trees which are found occasionally through southern california singly or dispersed in handsome natural parks the specimen which had so impressed people as to gain a special name for itself was not only noted for its size but because it had occasionally been selected as the handiest place in which judge lynch could hold his court without fear of molestation by rival tribunals bill bowney under favourable circumstances appeared to be a very homely lazy sneaking sort of an individual 
but bill bowney covered with dust his eyes bloodshot his clothes torn and his hands and feet tightly bound had not a single attractive feature about him he stared earnestly up into the noble tree under whose shadow he lay but his glances were not of admiration they seemed rather to be resting on two or three fragments of rope which remained on one of the lower limbs and to express sentiments of the most utter loathing and disgust the afternoon wore away and the moon shone brilliantly down from the cloudless sky the tramp of a horse was heard at a distance but rapidly growing more distinct and soon bowney's captor galloped up to the tree then another horse was heard then others and soon ten or a dozen men were gathered together each man after dismounting walked up to where the captive lay and gave him a searching look and then they joined those who had already preceded them and who were quietly chatting about wheat cattle trees uh, anything but the prisoner suddenly one of the party separated himself from the others and exclaimed gentlemen there don't seem to be anybody else a-comin we might as well tend to business i move that major burkus takes the chair if there's no objections no objections were made and major burkus a slight peaceable gentlemanly-looking man stepped out of the crowd and said you all know the object of this meeting gentlemen the first thing in order is to prove the identity of the prisoner needn't trouble yourself about that growled the prisoner i'm bill bowney and you're too cowardly to untie me though there be a dozen of you the prisoner admits he is bill bowney continued the major but of course no gentleman will take offence at his remarks has any one any charge to make against him charges cried an excitable farmer didn't i catch him untying my horse and riding off on him from budley's didn't i tell him to drop that animal and didn't he pretty near drop me instead charges here's the charge concluded the farmer pointing significantly to a scar on his own temple pity i didn't draw a better bead growled the prisoner the hoss only fetched two ounces prisoner admits stealing mr bark's horse and firing on mr bark any further evidence rather growled an angular gentleman i was going up the valley by the stage and all of a sudden the driver stopped where there wa'n't no station there was fellers had hold of the leaders and there was pistols pinted at the driver and folks in general then our money and watches was took and the fellow that took mine had a cross-cut scar on the back of his hand right hand maybe somebody look at bills the prisoner was carried into the moonlight and the back of his right hand was examined by the major the prisoner was again placed under the tree ah, the cut's there as described said the major anything else thar's this much said another i busted up flat you all know on account of the dry season last year and i hadn't nothing left but my hoss bill bowney knowed it as well as anybody else yet he came and stole that hoss it pawed like thunder and woke me up for twas night and light as tis now and i seed bowney a-ridin him off twas a sneakin mean cowardly trick the prisoner hung his head he would plead guilty to theft and attempt to kill and defy his captors to do their worst but when meanness and cowardice were proved against him he seemed ashamed of himself prisoner virtually admits the charge said the major looking critically at bowney 
gentlemen said caney late of texas what's the use of wasting time this way everybody knows that bounty's been at the bottom of all the deviltry that's been done in the county this three year highway robbery a hangin offense in texas and every other well-regulated state so's hoss-stealin and so shootin a man in the back and yit bounty's done every one of em over and over again everybody knows what we come here for else what's the reason every man's got a nice little coil o rope in his saddle fur the longer the business is put off the harder it'll be to do i move we string em up instanter second the motion exclaimed some one i move we give him a chance to save himself said a quiet farmer from new england when he's in the road agent business he has a crowd to help him now twould do us more good to clean them out than him alone so let's give him a chance to leave the state if he'll tell who this confederates are somebody'll have to take care of him of course till we can catch them and make sure of it twon't cost the somebody much then said the prisoner firmly and i'll give a cool thousand for a shot at any low-lived coyote that acts me to do such an ungentlemanly thing spoke like a man said caney of texas i hope you'll die easy for that bill the original motion prevails said the major all in favor will say aye a decided aye broke from the party whoever has the tallest horse will please lead him up and unsaddle him said the major after a slight pause the witnesses will take the prisoner in charge a horse was brought under the limb with the fragments of rope upon it and the witnesses one of them bearing a piece of rope approached the prisoner the silence was terrible and the feelings of all present were greatly relieved when bill bowney placed on the horse and seeing the rope hauled taut and fastened to a bough by a man in the tree broke into a frenzy of cursing and displayed the defiant courage peculiar to an animal at bay has the prisoner anything to say asked the major as bounty stopped for breath better own up and save yourself and reform and help rid the world of those other scoundrels pleaded the new englander don't you do it bill don't you do it cried caney of texas stick to your friends and die like a man that's me said the prisoner directing a special volley of curses at the new englander it's been said here that i was sneakin and cowardly there's one way of givin that feller the lie hurry up and do it when i raise my hand said the major lead the horse away and may the lord have mercy on your soul bounty amen fervently exclaimed the new englander again there was a moment of terrible silence and when a gentle wind swept over the wild oats and through the tree there seemed to sound on the air a sigh and a shudder suddenly all the horses started and pricked up their ears somebody comin whispered one of the party sheriff's got wind of the arrangements maybe comes from the wrong direction replied caney of texas quickly it's somebody on foot and tired and light-footed there's two or three dunno know what kind of beings they can be thunder and lightning caney's concluding remark was inspired by the sudden appearance of a woman who rushed into the shadow of the tree stopped looked wildly about for a moment and then threw herself against the prisoner's feet and uttered a low pitiful cry there was a low murmur from the crowd and the major cried take him down give him fifteen minutes with his wife and see if she don't untie him the man in the tree loosened the rope 
bowney was lifted off and placed on the ground again and the woman threw herself on the ground beside him caressed his ugly face and wailed pitifully the judge and jury fidgeted about restlessly still the horses stood on the alert and soon three came through the oats three children all crying as they saw the men they became dumb and stood mute and frightened staring at their parents they were not pretty they were not even interesting mother and children were alike unwashed uncombed shoeless and clothed in dirty faded calico the children were all girls the oldest not more than ten years old and the youngest scarcely five none of them pleaded for the prisoner but still the woman wailed and moaned and the children stood staring in dumb piteousness the major stood quietly gazing at the face of his watch there was not in southern california a more honest man than major burkus yet the minute hand of his watch had not indicated more than one half of fifteen minutes when he exclaimed time's up the men approached the prisoner the woman threw her arms around him and cried my husband oh god madam said the major your husband's life is in his own hands he can save himself by giving the names of his confederates and leaving the state i'll tell you who they are cried the woman god curse you if you do whispered boney from between his teeth better let him be madam argued caney of texas he'd better die like a man than go back on his friends might tell us which of em was a man enough to fetch you and the young uns here we'll try to be easy on him when we catch em none of em sobbed the woman we walked and i took turns toting the young uns my husband oh god my husband beg your pardon ma'am said bowney's captor but nobody can't believe that it's nigh under twenty mile i'd ha done it if i had been fifty cried the woman angrily when he was in trouble oh god oh god don't you believe it then look here she picked up the smallest child as she spoke and in the dim light the men saw that its little feet were torn and bleeding twas their blood or isn't replied the woman rapidly and i didn't know how to choose between em god of mercy on me i'm not crazy caney of texas took the child from its mother and carried it to where the moonlight was unobstructed he looked carefully at its feet and then shouted bring the prisoner out here two men carried bowney to where caney was standing and the whole party with the woman and remaining children followed bill said caney i ain't askin yer to go back on your friends but them is look at em and caney held the child's feet before the father's eyes while the woman threw her arms around his neck and the two older children crept up to the prisoner and laid their faces against his legs they're a-talkin to your bill resumed caney of texas and they're the convincingest talkers i ever seed the desperado turned his eyes away but caney moved the child so its bleeding feet were still before its father's eyes the remaining men all retired beneath the shadow of the tree for the tender little feet were talking to them too and they were ashamed of the results suddenly bowney uttered a deep groan tain't no use a tryin said he in a resigned tone everybody be down on me and after all i've done too but yer can have their names curse ye the woman went into hysterics the children cried caney of texas ejaculated bully and then kissed the poor little bruised feet the new englander fervently exclaimed thank god 
i'll answer for him till we get him said caney after the major had written down the names bowney gave him and continued caney somebody get the rest of these young uns and their mother to my cabin powerful quick good lord don't i just wish there was boys i'd adopt the whole family the court informally adjourned sine die but had so many meetings afterward at the same place to dispose of bowney's accomplices that his freedom was considered fairly purchased and he and his family were located a good way from the scenes of his most noted exploits End of story twenty six